Hello. How's it going? Good afternoon. Welcome to Make It Make Sense, where we attempt to make sense of the world around us. Um, so this one's going to be, and I'm excited to get into this with you because it's totally different than anything we've done. But first, hello. Thanks for being here. Tell me who you are and a, a wee bit about yourself. Well, my name is Jerry Cerna. I am Lori's longtime love of her life, oh, her accountant, business advisor, soulmate, need I go on? Oh my goodness. Yes. All true. All true. So we have been in cahoots for a very long time. You're also always one of the smartest people in the room. So I'm excited to get into this topic with you. Um, so are you ready? You ready to I do am. Tell everybody what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about aliens and do they exist and what does it all mean? Um, so first of all, do you believe in aliens? I, I don't know if I do or I don't, but I am certainly willing to accept that they are real. Okay. I'm I'm significantly more interested in what the impacts of that are. Okay. Well, we'll we'll get into that. But are you? Would you say that you're religious? Oh, very much so. So, do you think you can be religious and believe in aliens? Oh, certainly, certainly, certainly. I mean, I it's would, like the I, dinosaur evolution thing all oh, over. Oh, this is th this is very easy. This is very easy. Okay. In the continuum, if one chooses to treat the monotheistic tradition of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam as a continuity, there is, dare I say, a belief that God is inherently logical. Through God's application of logic, we get the Oops. principles of science. Okay. Oh, you've never heard this? No, I think that people would argue God is illogical. No? I I don't know. You mean like I've a never heard that. You mean like a because like a logical person is probably one that's not religious, right? Or doesn't believe in do you feel the opposite? Oh, completely. I feel the opposite. Okay. Tell me more. And, 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 and frankly, we, we, we could digress or not. Uh, but I will rely upon the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas, who led us to question, what is the uncaused cause? If one is indeed logical and looks at we'll use the word continuity again, the continuity of the evolution of life. We ultimately get back to a point where something created something and we don't know what that something is. Like the chicken or the egg. The chicken or the egg, right? I, I want to believe that modern science today teaches us that a big bang occurred and that was the genesis of the universe. What caused that big bang? A meteor. 
where did that meteor come from? Outer space, but this is all, you're not, you're, you're talking circularly. So, oh, never a day in my okay, life, ma'am. So do you believe in dinosaurs? Uh, yes, I do. I, I think that that has been readily scientifically proven at this point. But theoretically, if you believe in evolution. Which I do. You can't really believe in the Bible or vice versa. Why is that? In the way the Bible told it, because it was an Adam and Eve and it was her from the rib and they ate from the tree and then there was a flood. Like, Well, you... remember, please remember that you brought up the flood because as we get a little deeper into aliens, we're going to talk about that flood. Okay. And the pervasiveness of the story of a great flood in ancient history across many cultures. But I absolutely firmly believe that a religious person such as myself, who believes that God is inherently logical, and therefore God who gives us the principles of science, would work through the principles of science in order to affect evolution as we know it. Okay. So then your argument is that God created the universe and other life forms in the universe. And that's what, what that, those are the aliens that we're talking about. Right. Fair. I, I would argue again, as a religious person, that all life in, in some way is the direct result of God's plan or design that would include aliens. Absolutely. Do I believe that they're little green men or tall taunt gray specters? I, I, I don't necessarily. Uh, they could be people or humanoid creatures that are almost indistinguishable from you and I. So I personally think it is probably a little arrogant of us to think that there isn't other life. Like, certainly we haven't gotten it completely right to be the only life form out there. I do think it's interesting that, and I don't know if it's because people have seen them or or if it's just lore, but I think it's interesting that they all kind of look the same when people are telling a story about it, their existence. Um, they do, don't they? Which what makes me wonder again, it, like which came first? Is it because so many people talked about it and then they changed our perception or whatever we thought they would look like, or did enough people see them and their stories aligned that now we have this image of what an alien might look like? I don't know which is which. It, it's interesting. Let me let me give you some statistics that blew my mind. Okay. 50% of people in Western cultures believe in aliens. In Western, cult Eastern cultures, Western cultures. Western. Okay. Mm -hmm. So half, I mean, what what's the percentage though of people who believe in evolution? What's the percentage of people that believe in religion? Because I, I do think that they're, I have a hard time thinking that all of them can coexist. Oh, it's, it's, it, to me, it's it's pure and simple and inherent. 
I must not, I must just be not explaining it well. It's, it's perfectly reasonable for a religious person who believes in evolution, which I do, that could also believe in the presence of life elsewhere. Okay. If God made life on earth, why is it inconceivable that he couldn't create life elsewhere? Well, and I think that, so in my research, I, I think that there was a lot, of course, pointing to science and how you marry. And I, and I think that's probably the the weird like dichotomy is that like science and religion are always kind of put at odds that, that they don't coexist. You're speaking about them very much as if they're one and the same. Or they are they are absolutely absolutely God's law is a natural law. Okay. Um, so I, I mean I think as you talk about the science of, you know, our galaxy, the Milky Way, um something like 400 billion stars that are believed to be in the Milky Way, and that of those, there are probably untold billions of galaxies. Mm -hmm. so, you know, it wasn't until, I don't even know what year it was, but the um, Copernican principle that like changed the way that arrogant humans again thought about outer space, right? That that was the first when they shifted and said that the earth was not the center of the universe. It was actually the sun that was the center of the universe. And there is a second sun-like star and an mm -hmm. earth kind of doppelganger that is what 1800 light years away so there's this other planet that's 1800 light years away that has a very similar solar system mm -hmm. to what we find with earth but this planet is actually a super earth because oh, wow. it's 50 percent larger oh. than than our actual world um but it basically it orbits in a habitable zone, in a habitable zone around a, around a sun-like star, meaning that water could be liquid on its surface, which means that there is probably- Inhabitable. Which, but if they, if they figured all this out, why haven't they gone there to figure out if there's life is what the part that I don't understand. And, and some of this says that just saying that there's life doesn't mean that there are two-leg walking beings or animals but they may not be, be humanoid right we don't know bacteria could be like microbiomes of some sort but mm -hmm. it's still considered life and maybe vegetation but i think that's wild like if they've already figured all of this out why have they not gone to look for little green people and i don't really know how far 1800 light years is away i'm guessing pretty 1800 far. light years yeah like how, but they got all that way, figured that out. And then they didn't just like buzz on down and see what it's like. I don't, I don't get it. Well, I, interstellar travel at this juncture, I think is a long ways away, but I would argue that the issue of acknowledging or receiving a confirmation of extraterrestrial life could conceivably be one of the jumping off points for that which is necessary to achieve interstellar travel. 
Okay. As I mentioned right at the get-go, thinking back to me contemplating this topic, the thing that jumped out at me the most is, is really not what are the aliens, uh, etc., but but more what what are the what's the impact to humankind of this discovery? Um, do you think that perhaps? So let's assume let's let's assume for a moment as we continue the discussion, that some event happens on Earth where we as a, as a society at large are given undisputable proof that extraterrestrial life exists. Who knows what that is? We find an artifact, something comes to visit us, etc. All of those things have already happened. It's just that people pick and choose whether or not to believe it. You think so? Don't you? I mean, the the internet is chock full of people of like pictures. There was a mummified little alien person found. I mean, isn't all of, what is it? Is it Roswell? That's like all aliens there and that the government was in on it. I mean, I think we have all of those things. There are too many, where there's smoke, there's fire. There are too many of these examples for it not to have some truth to it right possibly you want to talk about roswell for a minute I, I don't know enough about roswell but sure like my son just went there for did he really he went well not not for that but he went for thanksgiving his girlfriend's family is from new mexico and um he said it was just a weird kind of place to be interesting so so Ro roswell to me, and that was in 1947, Roswell was really the genesis of, I think, this entire conversation uh, at large. Allegedly, and I believe this came out much later, uh, circa 1997, the Air Force released a report that did in fact say it was a balloon. It wasn't a weather balloon, but it was a top secret project to determine if the Soviets were uh, igniting nuclear materials. I don't necessarily buy it. Uh, there is a really interesting theory, and I, I promise to all your hundreds of thousands of listeners oh, yeah. that I, I am not a tinfoil hat kind of person. I really am not. But as Lori said, where, where there's smoke, there's fire. Sure. So there is a, a, a theory in social anthropology and the study of history about the linear development of human technology. So think from prehistory onward, the development rate for humans of, of technology has followed a very straight and linear line as time has gone on. So remember our line went this way, right? Circa 1950, which was shortly after Roswell, 
it spikes dramatically. Since 1950, we've been to the moon. We've invented various electronic, we've, we've invented the cell phone chip, the internet, an extreme amount of technology that was virtually inconceivable prior to 1950. How do you think that happened? I I mean, I, I don't know that I have an answer to that. I think needs changed. I, I don't know that it was, I think it felt much more like a, a steeper spike, like around the 90s and 2000s than you're like giving it credit for. Um, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that happened. Are you saying aliens were in on it? It's, it's a question that's been posed by smarter people than me. Um, that aliens, so here, here's the, here's the problem that I have with another life form. Mm -hmm. It is never, it's never like they're, it, it's the, the story's always told that they're coming here because clearly we're kind of screwing up the planet. Like that's pretty much a given. So every time that they come here, it's to look at us, look down on us and like understand what we're up to because they think we're so dumb, which is so interesting. Like that's all, that's almost always the story. They're never just trying to be comrades and like, let's coexist. It's always, we're going to take, it's, it's hostile. We're going to take you over. We're going to take you back home so we can study your brain and try to understand what's going on. So we're gonna have a hostile takeover and you guys are idiots. Why are humans the worst? So that's the that's the the upsetting part. And if they have technology wherever they mm -hmm. are, they've clearly used said technology better than us because they've landed here and they're doing their own independent research. And we don't even go to the moon anymore. Like, you know, now there's all Have of that. Have we ever been to the moon? I know there's all this, you know, it's all conjecture, but like, have we been to the, I don't, I mean, I, I think we have, because the moon's really not that far away, honestly. Nope, it's not. Um, but I think we probably have been to the moon, but now there's all of this, you know, about is, was the moon landing faked? Have we even gone into outer space? I, I don't know. I don't it's, know. There's a lot of people that you would have to have in on that lie. Maybe, maybe not. I think we have a tendency to believe some really dumb stuff that the government tells us. I mean, ha have you seen the the video where it's like all of the news anchors, you can put them all on a track and they're all saying the exact same word track in, and it's all over the country and they might change a word for like Michigan or Missouri or whatever, mm -mm. but it's like a creepy amount of, and I don't know what that points to, if that's aliens or that's some sort of weird propaganda, but I think that, you know, there are, I think that we've, we believe, we have a tendency to believe some really sort of unbelievable things that the government tells us. Very much so. And, the space race really had nothing to do with space. It, it had a lot to do with showcasing the development of intercontinental ballistic missile technology 
and certainly uh, at that time too, there was an ideological component involved. Uh, the the West and the East were competing along ideological lines for who could drive a society forward the fastest and the best. And perhaps we were able to showcase that through the space race. Okay. But then that would just lend to the argument that people might have faked it. They they certainly may have. I I don't know for sure, but I think you and I certainly agree that we're we're not engaged in interstellar travel or intergalactic travel. And if we were to be visited, then it would clearly be by a civilization that is far more advanced than us. 100%. And is clearly looking down on us. I mean, like, at, legitimately, the, the story is always that we're, you don't think so? Well, I. They're always looking at us like, come I on. I don't. I don't. I think, I think there's an interesting range of responses. So I, I in in preparing and getting set up for our chat today, one of my peers made the comment that aliens see the Earth as the ghetto of all the planets. Okay. So that might lend itself toward the looking down upon Earth. Yeah. I would take that out. I would say the responses are only but two and they're two polar extremes it's either that extraterrestrials are going to view us hostily or they will come to us in a benevolent way and i think that what one believes that response will be says more about how we view humanity than how we view aliens. Well, do you, I mean, do you ever hear of it not being like I was abducted and they like took me for a while and it was kind of a hostile kidnapping? I mean, like I don't ever hear, and maybe it's just the fear of the unknown, but you don't ever really hear like a, I went to this other planet and chilled out for a while and it was great and everybody was nice to me. Like it's always kind of hostile and they always think we're kind of dumb. Now, granted, uh, there's been roughly 4 million Americans alone since 1961 that have claimed that they've been abducted by aliens. I don't think you hear a lot anecdotally of benevolent encounters. Yeah. But to date, right, we're dealing with one-off, for the most part, one-off situations where alien theoretical and alien encounters are happening between either one alien or a group of aliens and, and solely one individual. Solely one. So it can't be corroborated. And can't be corroborated. And I don't think that an alien encounter really successfully addresses what, again, what are the possibilities? What are the implications for the world once we have a bona fide 
verified contact with an alien species. Because and you, you only have two choices, right? You think there are bad, like there are ramifications that... I, I think how you look at what that event means, it, it says more about how you view humanity than aliens. So, for example, there would be, there's a lot of people that look upon what we'll just call contact going forward uh, as something to rejoice in. Uh, people, I think, will want to collaborate with the aliens. Uh, I even wonder if a lot of humans who have somewhat of a, a very nihilistic view of the world, right? Things are not great in the world right now. That uh, I think a lot of people would be interested in the possibility of altruistic subjugation. Let the aliens rule us. No, if we are arrogant enough to think that there's not any other life form, we are way too arrogant to say, we bow down, please, we'll, we'll do, be our leader. Like, that's, but, so here's a question. Mm -hmm. I feel like reporting happens more with Americans. You hear more, and maybe it's just because we hear more here, mm -hmm. but I don't hear a, a ton about this happening in other countries. So like what, which would beg the question, why Americans <laughs> and like, is it fabricated? Is it factual? I, I don't know, but I feel like there's a lot more buzz about it than what you hear in other countries. I, I think we could get into an interesting discussion here as to the nature of the Western versus Eastern imagination. We talked earlier about how Western civilization very specifically seems to believe in aliens. I don't know specifically what that points to or what's the causation behind that belief. Um, I'm not, frankly, I'm not terribly familiar with Eastern thought and Eastern philosophy, but if Karl Marx was right in his dialectic about history, where he discusses that all of Western civilization is a study into economics and therefore conflict, that the need to expand the need to explore could certainly be a driver behind this imagination that there is something beyond in space and thereby if there is something or or a place per se there inherently must be people or denizens or some kind of life that inhabits it or it could just be on a cycle like we were with evolution where it starts with the tiniest organism and they're just in in their infancy and we might really be on our way out because we are really any minute like any nuclear bomb could be detonated and take out the planet or I, I thought this was kind of interesting and this this goes to your like biblical can they coexist mm -hmm. uh, 
There's a book called Rare Earth, Why Complex Life is Uncommon in the Universe. Um, right. It says that Earth is unusually blessed with conditions yep. that make complex life possible, which mm-hmm. I think all the time, just like you look at the sky, you look at trees, just how all of it like works together. It, it's very, that's when it feels very like there must be some sort of deity like involved, like for me, those things, how could anyone think that up? But it says such as Jupiter being perfectly placed to run interference against dangerous comets. So there have been, I guess, throughout the course of time, Mm -hmm. lots of comets along with your big bang theory, right? Lots of comets that potentially could have wiped out or annihilated the earth that Jupiter stood in the way of. Mm -hmm. And we manage to live on speaking of are you familiar with the younger dryas impact hypothesis no okay so there are i'm i'm gonna link to and i'm not going to use the word conspiracy theory i think that's kind of an insulting term uh i'm i'm sure at one point galileo was accused of a conspiracy theory okay um, in 1968, an author named Eric Von Daniken wrote a really interesting book. We'll call it pseudoscience, not a conspiracy theory. This is pseudoscience. Eric Von Daniken wrote a book called Chariots of the Gods. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-mm. So he argues that there's elements of ancient technology, whether it's Stonehenge, the pyramids, the Moai on Easter Island, the Nazca lines in Peru. There's things that the ancients built that it's it's tough to conceive now how on earth they built them. Uh, and I'm going to link chariots of the gods and the ancient alien kind of theory with the younger driest impact hypothesis, which is very controversial right now. There is a, a British author that you may have heard of named Graham Hancock, Mm-hmm. who's got a, a very big special on Netflix right now called, I think it's called Ancient Apocalypse. And for all the viewers at home, um, there are a lot of Joe Rogan show episodes about this. Graham Hancock is a frequent guest. And the, the argument with the Younger Dryas impact hypothesis is some cataclysmic event like a comet did hit Earth. Uh, I think we we certainly do have proof that meteors and, and other celestial bodies have, but but I can't speak to whether or not a, a comet really hit the Earth. We do know that 10,000 years ago, an ice age ended roughly 10,000 years ago, and Graham Hancock would argue that this caused a mass extinction event throughout yeah. the world. Uh, this perhaps is the great flood that appears uh, throughout ancient religious and secular literature. Uh, and, and as a result of that, some, and this is where it gets a little wild, there was some ancient civilization that was more technologically advanced than even we are now, that perhaps received instruction from extraterrestrials and it is the survivors, this this advance, the survivors of this advanced civilization that was impacted 
by uh, this comet or the end of the ice age, they passed along all this knowledge to the Sumerians, the Egyptians, uh, the, the ancient native peoples of current, current day Mexico that allowed them to build these structures. Isn't that wild? It is wild. I mean, they're, I mean, I get it. Like if you've ever looked at the intricacy of a pyramid and what that would take without any like mechanical assistance to build something like that is insane. I, I now, if you want to, if you want to talk about something, I think warrants further investigation. The pyramids are lined up. Many of them are lined up so perfectly to a celestial body or a celestial event like a solstice. Some of the stones weigh 25 tons. Yeah. Some sites, the stones are cut so precisely that there's no mortar jointing. How on earth were these things made? By a primitive society without lots of tools and mechanics I, I know that's what I'm saying like I I get that part um I mean I think it's wild I yeah it, it will it will blow your mind just again like the the weight of some of these boulders to be able to I mean even Stonehenge Stonehenge are how that happen right so I get it my favorite um of the vacation franchise was european vacation okay. when they let them park their car right up next to stonehenge and then he backs up and he like hits one of the boulders and it like does like a domino effect and they all hey, fall you're down. aging us right now you're telling well, the world we're 80s babies i mean it's it was such a great silly movie but no i mean i okay so yeah so but you think that this is not divine intervention then it's divine intervention through an alien life form that brought all of these things about like that's what you're proposing i'm not even suggesting that i'm proposing it i i am relaying that authors and and many people discuss these things for sure so if you've done all of this research, like, where do you sit? Yes, you think there are aliens. I'm certainly open to the possibility that there is intelligent so life beyond us. You you believe it or you don't? I don't think it's a question of faith. It, and, and frankly, you know me very well. I tend not to engage any questions on faith alone. Even my quote-unquote faith in God is not driven by the abstract it's driven by the tangible okay so because you haven't seen one you don't uh, really believe it. you haven't seen a lot of stuff that god's putting out there i mean i can simply see the inherent order and function in nature which leads me to believe that there is some kind of great orchestrator that set these systems into motion. But see, I, like, I don't know, because there are definitely times where I will think, mm, 
some of those biblical stories are really far-fetched. I I can really sure. see, I can really see that they were designed to kind of explain the inexplicable to people. Oh sure. That's what mythology was for, certainly. Right. So I, I don't know. I like do I think and and can you even like connect all of this in your mind sure. that there's one God yep. that created multiple universes. Mm-hmm. And so theoretically, I mean, man was God's creation, if that's mm-hmm. the element. So that would probably lend itself to there actually being other. If if man was made in his likeness, then why do the other guys look like little green with big eyes like creatures? And they're three feet tall. Like why? Because that's that can't also be in his likeness. So that would say that realistically, there are probably other planets like Earth that mm-hmm. have humans on them because mm-hmm. God created human man in his likeness, right? Well, let's play with that just for a moment. What is the defining characteristic that separates humankind from animal life? Opposable thumbs. <laughs> the ability to like make tools and and our cognitive function. Okay, I think you're getting closer there, right? I would argue it's the ability to engage in rational thought. Meh. I mean, so much of that's so subjective. So much of this is, it could be argued that it's not terribly rational. To your point, we've never seen it. Never just seen like- it. Just like we've never seen God, so it would be irrational to just blindly believe. That's kind of the antithesis of rationality, no? The fact that you and I are several states away. Yeah. Looking looking at each other and communicating in the way that we're communicating showcases to me something something special ultimately in the evolution of humankind to be able to develop this kind of technology we develop technology that far surpasses any other species known to us as people it is the idea that that is simply happenstance is a, an idea that i would struggle with well, it's kind of an, an evolution of sorts. I mean, cavemen are our ancestors, yet mm-hmm. they were much more primitive and not as developed. I mean, our bodies have made certain organs obsolete that are no longer needed. That's true. So there, there are a lot of things that happen through evolution that would stand to reason that we would have kind of gotten here, right? It's it takes such an incredible leap in reasoning to do that. But ev all of this that you're talking about is a leap in reasoning or a lapse in judgment, per- perhaps. I mean, just the blindly believing in any of this is probably the antithesis of rational thought because we don't have any proof. I, I don't know, and perhaps one would consider, again, Aquinas's work to be metaphysical. I don't know if that's a proper application of the word. 
But again, the theory of the uncaused cause, the inherent order of nature, the ability of humans to perceive time, these concepts are so advanced sure. that it forces one of a rational mind to wonder. Uh, I would argue that a, a fellow individual who worships at the altar of science who believes in the dust cloud theory or the big bang theory and that is held to be uh, i don't think the big bang is is frankly scientifically held anymore i believe the dust cloud hypothesis is but again there requires a, a degree of energy to be present in the universe in order for that to happen. And science fails on its face to explain where that inertia originated from. So you mean like how the meteor hit the planet? That how it... the meteor hit the planet? How all the gases and particulate matter began to swirl together under a force and pressure great enough to collectivize it into celestial bodies that are now planets. How'd that well, happen? I mean, well, I don't know, but we see a version of it all the time in our planet. Like, I mean, a tornado is just what you're describing. How does it ramp up and get the force and it does it all on its own? So it's really not that far-fetched to think. And we see shooting stars all the time. Right. I mean, I guess I, I don't know that I've ever feel like I've really seen a shooting star, but like, it's a thing. Right. So I think we know that's a thing. Yeah. So all of these things happening, we know that they're, we know that they happen. So I don't know. I'm compelled to think that the big bang bang theory has some, you know, clout. I don't know. I, sure. The thing is we can point to. Mm -hmm why the big bang theory we can't necessarily point to aliens we also can't necessarily point to a god or deity of some form like no nope. we're just kind of going on blind faith right mm -hmm. so I, I don't know i just I, I have a hard time reconciling all of it i i definitely believe it's super arrogant for us to think that we're the only life form but i i just want to know if there's another one that's like us are they doing better at this than we are? Because Ooh. I really do. Or is it, is it like we're two sets of children that have been pitted against each other? <laughs> if there's like, if God was in charge of all of this and they're going to decide which one of us gets it right and terminate the other one, because. Now that I've, I've almost been waiting for us to get to that point. Uh, because earlier when we were discussing the implications of confirmed contact, we talked about the potential that, that some people want and argue for, which is an altruistic subjugation. The alternative to that, which I think there will be an equal desire for, uh, is... Um, I think there's a lot of people that are going to see this kind of life is an existential threat on yeah. its face, right? Most of, most people react in that way. Yeah. 
Honestly, statistically, they do not. Okay. It, it's strange to me because I would tend to fall in the camp of a smart policymaker would inherently view extraterrestrial life as a potential existential threat. Yeah. And it would be almost my hope at that point to see some kind of galvanization, uh, global hegemony, we need to get together. All these little squabbles are inconsequential. We that well over the course of humanity. Like that would take such different, a different race. Like we are, we're not good at that among. No, I don't, I don't know that that's true. If, if we, if we look at, if we look at the course of conflict over even the, well, let's just use last century. There have been incredible galvanizations and, and hegemonic events brought about by war, uh, the threat of the rising Soviet Union. We certainly have had events and threats that have helped people get together yeah okay keep going i don't have a lot of faith in humanity on that one i i don't honestly i don't think you have a lot of faith in humanity period no agreed agreed i i think perhaps you're one of these folks that when contact happens you're going to be hoping and praying that they come to subjugate us and straighten us out no i i honestly think we might be like sort of beyond repair I mean, it, like, again, and this is like a whole topic for like another day, but it's it's getting hotter. The ice caps are melting. Like there are some things that are like irreversible at this point that we've have been completely at our hand. So I think, you know, I just would like to get a look at the other earth and see if they've done a better job. And really like, to see if, if there wasn't a whole other planet and it's all part of a big test to see which one does it best. Did they arrive at all the same things that we did? Do they have automobiles and figured that part out? And was it like, was it faster? Was it at, at the same course? Like that to me is fascinating. If we have a parallel to be able to see how well they're doing it and if it, it's better than us, but mm -hmm. you know, with um in this research like i think a lot of it kind of summed up exactly like how i feel about it it said like with so much turf out there even the biggest skeptic hard to believe it's hard to believe that a 13.8 billion year old universe that there would only be one self-aware technological telescope constructing species like it's just our probably our arrogance to think mm -hmm. that we're the only ones um so i definitely and and who knows i mean there really could be aliens living amongst us they really right could now. look just like us yeah i've definitely met some folks in this life that i thought didn't act like you know the rest of us and maybe they were a little peculiar mm -hmm. or alien right so I don't know. I, I just think it's it's arrogant to think that it's not a thing. I think there's probably other life form. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if Elon's going to be able to pull off the Mars thing. And, you know, I think that the a common chord as I read about this topic was that many argue that there are aliens, but they're just too far away for us to communicate with. Could be. And Could so be. if that's the case, I can't even begin to think with my tiny human brain how big the entire universe is, or like my kids talk a lot about the multiverse, right? Cause there's like mm-hmm. the, the multiverse Spider-Man thing. And like, if there are these kind of parallel universes running at the same time and it's, it's too much to even fathom and they probably won't figure it all out in our lifetime, but I think it's fun to entertain. I don't think that I want aliens to come here to save us. I, you know, I'm, I'm actually intrigued at the possibility of, again, the galvanization of the species, a, a, I am definitely not advocating for a one world government per se, but some degree of global hegemony, because we believe in this existential threat and we really get our act together as a species to counter it encounter it, invade it, conquer it, and subjugate it. Okay. You know, like a Starship Troopers kind of future. I, we will not be alive for that, I hope, but, um, and I'm kind of glad about, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the Star Wars movies are fun to watch, but I don't know that I want to live in that. Star Wars, no, not Star Wars, Starship Troopers. Oh, Starship, well, any of it. I'm not sure that I want to be, I want to be around for any of that, like where we're just hopping on. Even Star Trek, the OG, I, it looks fun, but no. The beam me up Scotty thing, n- no, I, I don't want to be around. Oh, you're not beaming me anywhere, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I don't think I want to um, be a part of any of it. But, you know, I don't think we're any closer to understanding if there, but there's a whole group, the SETI group. Did you run across this in your study? The SETI SETI, I guess that's how you pronounce it, search for extraterrestrial intelligence. There's a an entire like group or movement of, that this is what they do. They just study to see if there are extraterrestrials. So is this the group that Tom DeLong's a part of? I don't know the answer. Tom DeLong from Blink 182. Oh my gosh, I have no idea. You you know he's very famous in the UFO arena. I did not know that. No, I, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. I, I'm just. This is just a date I've got stuck in my head. But in September 2019, Tom DeLong came into the possession, and he quit Blink, quit Blink 182 for a while to become a UFO researcher. This is all true. Oh my! And and he got a hold of camera footage from a gun turret on a naval plane as they were chasing a UFO in the Pacific Ocean outside of San Diego. And there were congressional hearings on this where he got the Navy to formally formally admit that the phenomena on the video is unidentified, that they have no idea what it was that they were chasing, but they were chasing something. Where does a commoner get such footage? How does a commoner stumble upon this sort of, that's wild to me. Mm. And get 
getting the government to sign off on anything doesn't seem like it's the easiest feat. So he really wore them down, right? It's, you know, fame is a powerful tool in America, isn't it? Well, also the Americans are the only ones that are talking about all of this. So maybe we're just all a little bit off our rocker. Oh, no. I mean, there's a degree of hubris in the West where in contemplating our own humility, in in contemplating the idea that we are not the most advanced species, in some respects, shows a, a degree of hubris, right? Our, our imaginations are leading us to create or fabricate something greater. Again, which is very much kind of in line with the Bible. Mm -hmm. it's, we don't, there's so many things we don't understand. So we're inventing a story so it makes sense in something that is not like intuitive and doesn't, isn't just commonsensical, right? Uh, do you remember the song when we were kids? I think it was XTC called Dear God. Maybe. Maybe, maybe we look it up after this. I believe one of the lines in that song is, did we make you after you made us? I don't know this song. That you lyric is not familiar at all. You look that one up. It's an interesting idea, right? Well, it's all it, it's all interesting. I hope you get abducted by aliens. <laughs> Why would you hope that I get abducted by aliens? <laughs> and then you can report back because you seem way more keen with all of it. I think you should I'm offer what. I'm just I, open to it. I'm just open to it. They don't want me. I'll tell you that. You I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one here leading the Terran Federation, leading the resistance. Well, even even when they abduct, supposedly, they they always send them back. Do they? So, don't they? I don't know. I've never been I, abducted. <laughs> Are you one of the aliens living amongst us? I need to know. I need no, to know. No, ma'am. No, not at all. Well, nobody's um, probing me. I'll tell you that. Oh my gosh. They can okay. probe me intellectually. That's it. Well, on that note, um, I do have one final question for you. Okay. If you, and this is just one that I ask to everybody at the very mm -hmm. end of this activity, mm -hmm. if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? How much younger? That it would have made a difference. Truly and sincerely, and this is a conversation I have a lot with my clients in recent years, um, education is valuable, but not every education is valuable. If you're going to go to college, go to the absolute best school you can for the thing that you want to do and really apply yourself and gain knowledge and gain the skills, intellectual skills necessary for you to continue to learn and grow. Because the world is tough, the job market is tough, and you need to be able to compete, plain and simple. 
the world doesn't owe you anything. And you simply need to equip yourself with the, the best skills and tools you can to, to go out there and, and make something happen for yourself. Because I think it's only going to get harder and harder uh, to be economically viable. And young people today really need to understand that. Um, to the young men specifically out there in the world, you have no business probably going to college to get a mediocre degree, go to the military, learn a trade, do something that's going to help you be able to make a living. Apply yourself harder, work harder. You're going to need to. This could be an entirely other episode, but I, I don't know. I, I I think it's great advice. I, I appreciate where, how it, you know, comes to light because of what you do and who you talk, who you, the, the clients that you deal with. But I don't know that an 18 year old is ready to go and pick a degree and apply themselves a million percent to something for the rest of their lives. Like, and, it, and you know what, that is probably in part why, you know, Israeli children don't go to college at 18. There's there's reasons. I think there's good reasons to to some degree defer that. Uh, but our, our system of of higher education from high school and and up is is maybe not what we want it to be right now. And I uh, I think it impacts our kids and and we we as parents and adults we need to guide the the kids the best we can, even eighteen year olds. Okay. Well, I think it's, it's good advice. I think you can call and say it to my kids whenever you have a minute, tell them to apply themselves. Cause I think that your kids yeah. are great, but I'll, 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 I'll be the bad cop to your kids. No problem. I think the world is getting harder, but I, so I, I get it. I agree. I think I talk to people all the time that are having trouble with this market and um, with what to do with themselves next. So well, this was fun talking to you. I, I, As hope, always. I don't hope that you get abducted by aliens. But I was going to say, what would your life like be? You know, what would your life be without me? Do, I want a full progress report. I want to know everything. So please take a notepad. <laughs> Deal. But thank you for spending this time with me. And um, that's it. Love you. Love you too. Everybody tune in to Make It Make Sense. It's a great yep. show. All right, friend. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.